I remember when I was younger, I went through this phase where I gave my number all the time to guys who were working at places like the video uh-huh. rental place and the coffee shop. And I talked to my therapist about it and she was like, I think you find something safe about men behind a counter Ooh. because they can't like do anything <laughs> and they're like stuck in this place. So I don't know if they felt harassed by me. But I felt great. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. question for the week and just a reminder if you have listener questions reach out to us not your therapist podcast on instagram or email us not your therapist podcast at gmail.com that's also where you can contact us for private coaching or coming on and being coached live okay so listener question this week was someone who is currently broken up with his girlfriend and was asking me What do I do if I can't stop thinking about her? And I'm obsessing about her and I don't know what to do. I can't get my mind off of it. Is this normal? And they're broken up, but they're maybe on some sort of break or going to try again at some point. And basically, it sounded like he had been kind of fighting this, thinking about her and feeling like he shouldn't. And he said, you know, I'm really throwing myself into my work and I'm throwing myself into other things, but all I can do is obsess. And I think this happens a lot. I don't think it's that abnormal. We like someone, we go on one date with them, two dates, three dates, we date them for six months, whatever it is, we think about them. This is the beauty of being a human being. This is the beauty of dating. And as much as it's torture, we also love it or else we would not continue to do it. And songs would not be written about it, poems, everything. It's also true, of course, the saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So in his case, he's missing her. He's obsessing about her, partially because she's not there. And it's a lot easier to put someone on a pedestal. So one tip that I've given before would be, if it's someone you're not supposed to be with or that, you know, broke up with you or you're on a break or whatever it is, you're trying to get over that hump of missing them, do try and focus on the negative things about them. That will help. And the places where your relationship was not good, didn't work, or let's say it's someone who ghosted you after a few dates. Is that really someone you want to obsess about if they were capable of doing that to you? Focus on the type of person that would do that to you. Uh, But other tips would be, yes, distract yourself with your work, but also kind of maybe lean into it. Like I said, this is part of the beauty of love and dating and life. And I promise each and every one of you will get to a point where you are married or in a long-term relationship and you don't really have that anymore. And yes, you still love the person you're with and you think about them all the time, but it's not that like painful, obsessing, all I can think about, every song reminds me of this person and you're going to miss it. This is the fun part. You know, I think about my boyfriend all the time. I'm still kind of in that honeymoon phase, which is a great thing. I hope it never goes away. But, you know, people have been married for 40 years. I'm sure they're like, oh, that was so fun when I was running around dating and like, if someone called me or not, could make or break my day. So rather than trying to run away from this feeling and distract yourself and fight it and say, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it, which we all know never works with anything, let yourself think about it. Give yourself an hour at night to sit and obsess about this person. Cry, listen to all the songs that remind you of them. Obviously, moderation. You don't want to do this for days at a time and not come out and see the light of day. You don't want to allow this to cancel your plans or ruin your life. But Lean into your feelings. Let yourself have them. Cry and miss them and sing along to the songs. This is the stuff you'll remember when you're old. This is the nostalgia you'll have if you do end up with this person. You'll be like, wow, remember when it was so painful and now it's so great. Or when you're with a great person, you'll be like, wow, I was in so much pain over that other person and now I feel so much better. So rather than run from these feelings, accept them as part of being a human Love them, lean into them, enjoy them. They are a beautiful thing. And hopefully we will never truly stop feeling them. Okay, I am here live with my guest, Stephanie Riggs. It is so exciting for me to have a live guest. It has been a while. I have been talking to everyone on the phone. So I'm like, wow, what do I do with a real person? It's very exciting for me. And also probably technically much easier, we hope. Okay, so thank you for joining me. This has been 
Well, I was going to say this has been a long time coming, but really we made this happen pretty quickly because I was so excited about it. Um, Stephanie, first thing I'll say about you is you are a redhead. Yes. And that alone puts you about 10 pegs higher in my book than everyone else. What I mean is I feel a lot of kinship with you. I feel kinship with anyone that I know avoids the beach and the sun like I do. Anyone who doesn't live a carefree life outside, I just feel kinship. I feel close to you. I feel like we understand each other. We have the same struggle. Um, Question, I'll just kick it off. Recently on your Instagram, it looked like you dyed your hair more red or something. And I was, for a moment, I got really freaked out. And I was like, is her hair not really red? Because I pretty much pride myself on being able to spot a real redhead or a not real redhead. And I'm like, I've got it down to a science. I can tell in a second. And with you, I always thought real redhead. And then when I saw that story, you were like, look. And it was like, my hair is red. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Hold on. So can you explain? So it started because it pried a dry drag i'm from tennessee (laughs) are you really from tennessee yeah oh yeah yeah Yeah. okay so a drag queen drag queen uh uh, she approached me about my hair we were she was very drunk and she was like oh you should sell your hair to a wig maker and i am oh you've heard that yeah kinship kinship yeah and um i am extremely broke at any given moment so I started looking into the online wig market and it's first of all it's really creepy because if you have undyed red hair that's natural it's called virgin red and yeah yeah and like the thing that turned me off was like your hair has to be all one length. So I would have to wait for the layers to grow out. And like, I have very curly thick hair and it just, it it would not be worth the money. It would probably be like $300, which ain't nothing, but, yeah, but not. So not after I let go of the wig dreams, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to dye the ends of my hair. So I just dyed the ends of it, like that pink and purple. And then... I did it the first time. I loved it. Felt like a teen. Um, And then whenever I did it the second time, my friend Megan is the one who does it. And she was very stoned. And she went a lot higher than normal. Oh, dear. Yeah. But it's fine. It washed out. back to normal now. It washed out pretty much immediately. Okay. So I wasn't sure. I guess I couldn't really tell that it was pink or purple. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Stephanie, your hair is already very red. (laughs) And we as redheads really pride ourselves on being able to say we've never dyed our hair. I've never dyed my hair in my life, except for a bad sun-in incident in like fourth grade. You know, my mom had sun-in. I was like, I want highlights. And it just made my hair like more orange than it already was, which, wow, if you can imagine. Um, So, okay, I'm glad I just had to get that off my chest. It like really kind of freaked me out. And I, when I thought for a second that you weren't a real redhead, I was just like, I don't even know if I can talk to her anymore it just you know it just I just felt like have I been fooled this whole time it's like finding out someone's a different person essentially beyond that I know you through um actually my boyfriend who you worked with over the last year and we always liked each other I think it was an immediate redhead thing and then but I never had really talked to you about your dating life your love life I assume like most writers in this town you are very focused on your career and probably doing a lot with that uh you mentioned being broke a lot which can definitely get in the way of your dating life in certain ways, not just for guys, but for girls too. And where are we at now? How old are you? I'm turning 31 in one week. Happy almost birthday. Thank you. Do you have any fun big plans? Not real. I think I just want to go to like oil can Harry's with some friends on disco night. Nice. And just, I don't know, keep it low key. Cause anytime I try it, like last year, I tried to have a big birthday and it just really stressed me out. Yeah. It's very stressful to throw your own party. Yeah. I, I'm over I, it. I do it every year. I'm like, no, it's fine. It'll be low key. And then I get really weird and crazy about it. And then I'm like mad that it was so stressful. Yes. Exactly. It's not worth Fuck it. that. But what is it? It's there's something about your birthday that you can't even if you're like I'm just going to treat it like a normal day, have a nice time with my friends, you can't. You ha- you feel this weird pressure. It's weird. Yeah. It's seasonal maybe. I don't know. Okay, so you're doing that. I also want to say like 
as an avid follower of your Instagram, I really admire all the kind of quirky activities that you're always doing. I feel like you take these interesting trips, you go to these interesting places, you're always like, I'm just going to keep it low key, go to Oil Can Harry's on Disco Night. I'm like, what the hell does any of that mean? Like me low key is on the couch. You low key is like the quirkiest, most interesting thing a person could do. Do you just do a lot of research? I, I don't know. I've just, I tried to think of a place where I've had just like pure fun before oh. and oil can Harry's on disco night where they've got karaoke in the loft. Like that's, that was fun. a great time. I bet you're going to have a great time because you're taking so the pressure, pressure off and you're like, I'm just going to have pure fun. How many people are you inviting? Like, Sorry, not trying to oh, stress no, you no. out more. <laughs> like five. Oh, okay. good. Super. Perfect. Perfect. Cause like also with the big party, you're like, hopping from friend group to friend group and wondering yes. how they're going to met. And it's yeah. just, ugh. You don't get to say really yeah. hi to anybody. It's true. Okay, so we've got that. You're 31. You're a writer. You're from Tennessee. How long have you been in LA? Six years. Six, Six years. years. And tell me a little bit about your dating life. First question I'll ask, because this is what I ask when I'm like having a new client, is... If I were to ask your friends, under the assumption that you don't want to be single, because some people do and there's nothing wrong with that, but under the assumption that you ultimately would like a long-term partner or short-term partner, if I were to ask your friends, objectively speaking, why is Steph single, what would they say? She is damaged, but not in a hot way. (laughs) Now, that sounds like something you would say, and I didn't ask you what you would say. I asked what your friends would say. So remove it from your own right, judgments. Yeah. If you're friends, objectively, I went up to one of your friends privately. Why do you think Steph is single? She would not say she's damaged, P.S., uh, or she's <laughs> not your friend. Um, plus, we're all damaged over age 25. So just like welcome, you know. So what, what would they say? Significant trust issues. Significant trust issues. I was not expecting that. Can you go into that a little bit. Can you tell me, because what I was expecting, honestly, was she doesn't try to date. Honestly, that too. That That too. too. But that maybe comes from the significant trust issues. Because to start it off, when we decided you would come on the show, I said, send me your online profiles. And you said, and you sent them and you were like, oh gosh, I'm blushing. Like I never even look at these, which I'm like, then why do they exist? Um, which tells me that you probably don't put yourself out there a whole lot. You probably don't try and date a whole lot. And in general, I would say you strike me as a introverted, mostly, person who like has a close friend group and loves to do fun things with them, but probably doesn't really put herself out there a lot with like strangers. A thousand percent. Great. So let's talk about the significant trust issues. Let's mm-hmm. just get, let's just get in there. Let's just jump in. Tell me a little of your relationship history. Cause I'm assuming that's where this would come from. I guess so. I mean, uh, not to get too dark on you. Go for it. We love But dark. like whenever I was 19, I was raped and I have also been sexually assaulted several times and just, uh, you know, that, that, that gives you some shit that gives you some trust issues whenever it comes to men and dating. And, um, I like, I've only had one serious relationship that lasted for several years. It was a guy I dated right after college. I actually moved out to LA with him. Mm -hmm. And then the reason it fell apart was because he just never got a job. He was extremely depressed and pulled the whole, like, oh, if you ever leave me, I'll kill myself thing, which is fucking blah. And, uh, like, eventually I just, you know, I was in school while this was happening, too, and having to support the both of us. And, like, this dude knew I grew up super poor, too. It was just really manipulative. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I broke up with him and he, I was like, you know, get out of my apartment because I had paid the rent, like all of it the whole time. And I just, I never want to feel that trapped again. Um, Cause I do like being single. I kind of, yeah, I'm a very stubborn, independent person. Mm-hmm. And especially after that, I, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And these past few years have been the first time I've gotten to be selfish yeah. <laughs> in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and again, like, so I broke up with him like four years ago. It's been so a So how long were you together? Four years. Four years total. Yeah. And when did it get bad? When you moved out here? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. And you met him in college. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Like an incubator, you know? Yeah, you don't totally. Pick up no, on our that. college relationships. Yeah. It's, it's, they're growing experiences. Ex- essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then, like, I kind of, after we broke up, I was just sort of single and drinking too much mm-hmm. and, like, hooking up with friends. And, it, you know, I don't, really regret it because I had to make those mistakes and also I was in my mid-20s like it's like you said whenever you're at that age you just you're just experimenting you're learning yeah hopefully you don't get you know hurt or things like that but it's important to have those experiences and I think you deserve it after a hard breakup and being with someone who is depressed and kind of weighing you down for a long time you deserve to go have fun and be silly and do things that don't make sense yeah yeah yeah. and then so I tried the online dating thing and I went on my first online date ever you know in person and then it ended in a similarly traumatic way, no way as it always does of just like not not the full but just feeling violated after on one date the yeah. first date oh my yeah. god and so i really haven't gone on like you know i sent you my online dating profiles mm-hmm. and what happens is i'll check on them and then someone will message me and i will kind of internally be like Oh, God. Yeah. And then just not look at it for two weeks. Yeah. Have you, I assume you've been to therapy. Oh, my and God. through some of Yes. Yeah. I mean, most of therapy, I've been in therapy for steadily for a few years. And most of it is just working through because I, I mean, like. I'm I'm a tragedy magnet like (laughs) like my I had a very very fucked up abusive childhood and stuff as well and so a lot of it has been kind of focused on that and like working on that part while the I don't know dating life part is extremely on the back burner of just learning how to be a person in the world and I've made a lot of strides you seem I mean obviously everyone seems good on the outside and we don't know what's really going on but like as much as you say like I'm damaged and I'm a tragedy magnet and this you never have struck me not that there would be anything wrong with it if you did but you never have struck me as someone that I'm like wow what a downer of a person or like why is she always you know feeling bad for herself like you always are have great light energy like you are smiley you are happy you are doing fun things you are active in life like I don't worry about you when you see when I see you on social media. <laughs> like, you know, there's those people that I'm like, oh, God. And you are one of those people that I, I always enjoy looking at your stories. I know I'm going to find something entertaining. But that's not to say in any way you wouldn't be totally justified to be different than that. My first instinct with you just from this short period of time is for you to kind of release that idea of yourself. And I'm sure that you're working on that. And I'm sure you're aware of that. And that can be hard to do. But I'm a firm believer in like kind of changing our stories. And that starts with even though it feels like light and funny to be like, I'm a tragedy magnet or like I'm damaged and not in a hot way. And it's funny and you're a writer. So you kind of, you know, skew towards that. I do think that that still matters that you're like, reinforcing that to yourself and like saying that to yourself and seeing yourself that way. And even when I asked you what your friends would say, you said, that's what my friends would say. And I'm like 99.9% sure your friends would not say that. You know, they'd say, I don't know. She's great. She just doesn't put herself out there, which to you, then we talk about it and we know why, you know, but I would say like, first and foremost, you should know that like you don't ever have to justify just like having fun and being silly and doing stupid things. Cause that's like, the main joy of dating and of life is like doing things that make no sense and just having fun with it. Where are you at in terms of what you want with dating? I think I like the story I'm telling to myself Mm -hmm. are these ideas are incompatible, but I don't think they are. On one hand, I want like, have you seen Fleabag? 
I watched the first season. Oh, okay. I've not seen the second. Oh, okay. I know it's supposed to be amazing, and it's, I'm terrible. It's when I amazing. Watch it. But there's like a there's a hot priest who uh-huh. looks at her like he wants to devour her, and I'm like, I I want someone to look at me like that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I want I don't know. I do. My friends have said that my type is like a supportive dad who gives me my space that's nice (laughs) i was expecting it to be your type is like a fixer-upper that you can save because you are such a nice warm person and your boyfriend when you came out here was that but i'm glad to hear it's developed to a supportive dad who gives you your space (laughs) that's great who doesn't want that yeah that sounds lovely (laughs) so you want someone who wants to devour you great right do you want like long-term monogamy? Do you want children? Do you want marriage? Are you kind of like whatever happens, happens? I don't want children because, ugh. I, I mean, like, I love kids. I love my nieces and nephews, but I just don't think that me and like my career ambitions and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. lend themselves well mm-hmm. to being a mother. And it's just never something that's been important to me. Um... I do, I would like to, being married isn't an important goal to me, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't, I'm not firmly against it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just because of, I do need a secure relationship. I think I do need long-term monogamy mm-hmm. of just like something stable. I think that that would be the best for my mental health. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, you're you're on the right track in terms of what you're looking for is like someone consistent and kind and safe who can't get enough of you, also can give you your space. I think it's, you know, kind of a gift that you don't want children, to be totally honest, because that does become such a thing for so many women because we have an undeniable biological need and we only have this you know time frame which thankfully thanks to science is getting a little bit bigger but it's still a reality especially if you don't have like tons of money to do all kinds of procedures um so I think that's good that that means that you can take your time and work on healing and figure out how to have fun with this and do therapy and everything and you don't have to be in like that kind of a rush I could see you getting with like a guy (laughs) (laughs) Who, how would you feel about this? A guy who already got married and had kids. Oh, I have always seen myself becoming a stepmother. I see it. Always been. I see it. (laughs) I see unobtrusive stepmom who the kids are comfortable with, but who doesn't really try to take over. And I see you as a second wife, kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I feel like probably right now you're just Mm -hmm. dipping your toe back in and you're focusing on your career. You're at a very pivotal point in your career. You're working your way up. So it makes sense that you're not like, I'm going to spend a ton of time on this. But eventually, I could see you with just like a nice guy who already had the high maintenance lady. So he's like over that. This is a new theory I'm developing. I love yeah. <laughs> a lot of guys, I think, marry first the high maintenance and the one who like makes it difficult for them and they want to capture her. And then they realize like, oh, I've captured her and she's still not very nice to me. And then the second <laughs> wife is someone nice to them and a little more relaxed, laid back, not that hard to deal with. I really see this. I like this. I can see he's a little older, yes. but he had kids young. So they're like eight or nine. Ugh, yeah. Oh, thank God. And you're just like chill and quirky and you take the kids to fun things, but you're also like, I'm not your mom. This sounds great. I, I love, this. love this. I love this. Are your parents together? Are you close with oh, them Oh, God, Anything? no. Oh, totally fucked up relationships with both of got them. Got it, got it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're in therapy. That's, <laughs> that's a very good... So let's say, even though clearly, like, you're not in a rush and you don't need to be, but I do think it can get to a point, just because I've talked to a lot of uh, people in this situation where... You go long enough without putting yourself out there dating and it gets very hard to get back in and to imagine putting yourself out there again can be very um, intimidating. So let's say you want to dip your toe back in. 
Now, this is interesting because this is not really the direction I thought this was going to go. <laughs> I was looking at your profile photos this morning and my first instinct, and I hope this is okay to say, was like, is Stephanie a sexual person? Like, does she have a sex drive? Because all of your pictures are covering up your body. Yes. Yeah. I, like, right now... I'm wear like I'm wearing this dress and I'm like, oh my god, is it too low? Like, and it's totally. I mean, it's the things we've talked about, but also I don't have a car and I take public transit, and you kind of do have to dress like the fucking sure. Handmaid's Tale, sure, and it sucks. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah yeah. <laughs> so my that was my first thought, and I was like, I'm gonna like lay into her about <laughs> being a sexual being and showing her sexuality and not being afraid to show her body, only because as we know, the apps are extremely superficial. People are going off of their first instinct, what they see, and they, men especially, have to be visually attracted to you right away or they're going to keep swiping. So I was like, Steph, you're a beautiful woman. You're so cute. You're so pretty. You're so warm. And all these pictures are like big black sweater, <laughs> like object. You're standing behind an object. You're like, I'm not here. And now that we're talking about it, obviously it makes a lot more sense and I'm not going to lay into about it. But I do wonder, and I'm I'm not a therapist, so I, Sorry. I, can't, I can't like definitely say what you should or shouldn't do. And only you obviously know your own process. But I do wonder if there's space for you to be, even what you're wearing right now, it's a dress. It's not low cut. It's not that you should have to worry about that, but I understand the reality of the situation. Even this, like it's a brighter color. It shows, you know, that you have a shape. I wonder if you'd be willing to change that up a little bit on your profile. Yeah. I think yeah. you could do it. Because I see pictures of you all the time where you look fun and great and <laughs> you're showing yourself. But it does, it was very stark from your social media <laughs> to your dating profiles. You're like, I'm not. Don't, don't look at me. Yeah, please. <laughs> I'm not a sexual person. And so it's actually, it's also kind of surprising that the first thing you said when I asked you what you're looking for was <laughs> someone who wants to devour me. I'm like, then we have to yeah. whet their appetite. <laughs> not to be too gross about it. But you know what I mean? And again, like in terms of your process and your healing, like I would never want to rush you with that. And also, wow, I can't believe you went on one date and it was a similar bad experience. Like that is so fucked up and I'm so sorry. Like what the fuck? There has to be a way to help you feel safer, but also to help you feel like you can be a sexual person without being in danger you know what I mean and yeah oh god I wish that it, it wasn't even an issue but when's the last time you went on a date uh a year ago and was that the bad person no okay no, no. okay how was that it was I was like I kind of forced myself to go on this date for the reasons that you said mm -hmm. I am absolutely positive I wore like a giant black sweater mm -hmm. and like I he was like oh can I buy you a drink and I was like nope just water <laughs> and I was just like I eventually loosened up a bit but I just like didn't trust you know yeah I yeah. just couldn't loosen up yeah and like it I mean it was fine I went home and like I was proud of myself for at least doing it, even though it was, it might as well have been like a business meeting. Yeah, but that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Like, yeah. I, I'm not going to yell at you like I yell at everybody else. Thank you. <laughs> because for you, I do think just getting back out there, knowing that it's not always going to be like it has been, knowing that you can be safe, all of that is just really important, especially because we're not, we're not on any kind of timeline. Like there's no rush. It's, and it's not about like rushing you. So then you take 20 steps back. You know what I mean? Now you, last time I saw you, you told me you are not drinking. Is that still true? So I took a break for 10 months. Wow. And I, I went to Ireland like a month that ago and it's so hard. Oh, oh God, it was God, so fun. And I just, I started drinking again, but on my own terms mm -hmm. because before I mean, I think I'm not blaming myself for anything, but I would get into sticky situations and make bad, bad decisions mm -hmm. because I blacked out so easily wow. and so like not 
rarely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like, I need a break, you know, for my body and for my spirit. And also, it's funny because going back to the clothes, that's whenever I really started dressing like only in dark colors, only pants, no more dresses or skirts. Like when when you were drinking, when a lot, I stopped drinking, when you stopped drinking, yeah, Interesting. yeah, of just like. I think it was an overcorrection. Period. Yes, exactly. In a weird. Yes, absolutely. And like, it was good for me, but ultimately, I like I would read sober literature, and it would be like, oh, I'm so powerless to the bottle, and I would just be like. There have been so many times in my life where I've been genuinely powerless, and Mm. like, that is not it. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Like, this is not a recommendation to anybody, but for myself, I just felt more in power and okay by just drinking on my own terms. And now I have, like, I don't know. I know when to stop. I know I'm not looking for any excuse to drink. Mm -hmm. I'm not drink. I'm not shotgunning a beer in Dodger Stadium. No. When you say you were not on your own terms, whose terms were you on? I think... So I was drinking too much as like a shortcut to happiness of just like that brief inebriated moment of pure Mm -hmm. joy. But then it started coming like fewer and far between, but I was still chasing it. And I was just getting like, I was a depressed drunk and just no fun and just like super hungover, like all the time. Well, it kind of sounds and not to get too like yoga teacher woo woo on you, but it kind of sounds like you were... At first, the way you were kind of dealing with your trauma and what you've been through was to get obliterated and like cover it up and be like, I'm going to escape this way. Absolutely. And then you went through a phase of I'm not going to drink at all and I'm going to dress in black, which was like, I'm going to be fully present with my pain and nothing is going to numb me to it and I'm going to live in it. Yeah. And then you went to now I've like done both and I can live both like accepting it and also not living in it but not escaping it yeah absolutely and I feel like the most balanced and like mentally healthy that I've ever felt that's amazing that's so good I mean I think a lot of times you know people will ask me about uh, certain things they're going through how do I not think about it or how do I not feel this way and I'm like sometimes the way to get through it is to stop fighting it and to just live in it and accept like I am feeling this way and I'm just gonna lean in and because the more you fight something it's just like you know obvious metaphor of like a diet like no you cannot have no you cannot have don't even think about it and then you're gonna binge on it and fall down a rabbit hole it's a similar thing with your feelings of like if you're just pushing them away and pushing them away what would happen if you were just like okay fine we're just gonna feel sad for i'm just gonna cry and feel sad i'm not gonna go out i'm not gonna try and make myself feel better with alcohol or anything else i'm just gonna sit here and it's like it can only feel that deep and that big for so long and then it almost like passes through you (laughs) yeah so it sounds kind of like in a way that's what you did is you were processing it in a way you hadn't before by letting yourself feel it and now you can kind of be like it's still there but I'm living with it I'm not like taken over by it and I'm not trying to pretend it's not there absolutely that's great you say you're not a therapist but like (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. You know, ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Okay, so now that you're feeling mentally better than ever, that's where I jump in and say, how about going on a date then? (laughs) Uh, So how can we, what ultimately happened with the guy a year ago? You just didn't feel like you could let him in and so you let it go. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, the attraction wasn't real and we had not much in common, you know. So where do your friends get the, like, she wants a dad who gives her space? Thing. Do you have crushes that they know? Yeah, we, so my friends and I embarked on this project that I recommend to everybody to just embrace your inner teenager called Horny Boards, where Love. you make a PowerPoint slide of your weirdest crushes. Oh my God. Highly recommend. So this and is you, like an assignment and you went away and then you and all your friends presented? Yes. Yes. Wow. And you find out so much about a person. Like my, my friend Megan who dyed my hair, all she wants is a sensitive paella chef. You know what? <laughs> who doesn't? 
<laughs> that is so great. But the great thing about that too is because I'm always telling people to tell their friends to set them up. I'm like, now your friends know exactly what you want. And so if they see it out in the world, they can bring it home to mama, you know? <laughs> Be like, do I have someone for you? You are what she's looking for. Now, the flip side of that is, as you know, I really like to challenge type and I really like to challenge what we think we want, what we think we need to maybe what we really do. I like the idea of a supportive dad character for you, so I'm not <laughs> going to challenge that. And it goes very much along with my vision of you as a second wife. Yeah. So I'm fine with that. <laughs> but I will say it may come in a different package than you're expecting it to. Like it may not reveal itself right away, you know? One, because people are never exactly who they really are on the first few dates. Everyone's just like a ball of nerves, especially if they like you. But two, because people grow together. And whereas someone might not start out as a supportive dad who can give you space, (laughs) they might grow to be that with you by you showing them what you need and what you want. In fact, maybe you should show them the PowerPoint. That's a great idea. First date, pull out the PowerPoint. Be like, does this look like you? Does this look like something you can do? What I want for you is to kind of um, obviously empower you. I want you to have fun. I want you to not be living in a place of fear, which is partially in your hands and partially in your therapy and time and all that. But I want to find ways for you to really have fun and feel like you're in control on the dates. I assume you always go to like a public place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Would you, (laughs) if you were going on a date now, would you have a drink? I... I don't know. I might. I might have one drink, Mm -hmm. but I would definitely not have more than that. And how do you feel telling someone, like, let's say someone on an app was like, hey, can I take you for a drink? Mm -hmm. What would you say? I wouldn't go into my entire history. If I (laughs) wouldn't recommend it. That's for the third date. Uh Um, But if I like them, I would be like, yeah, sure. And I would just like, I would just get like, a vodka soda, something that you drink slowly anyway, mm-hmm. and just nurse that the entire time. That just not really good. bring it up. Yeah. Because the other thing I would say you could do is you don't have to obviously go into your history, but what I'd like is for you to be able to not feel like you're going into these dates already having to kind of hide something or talk around something or behave like you're more comfortable than you are. So I'd love for you to be able to be like, for the first date or whatever, if you don't want to get a drink, you can be like, do you mind if we get coffee first? I'm more comfortable drinking on dates at the third or fourth date, you know? Yeah. And just like putting it out there, not feeling like you have to pretend to be normal and like pretend to be like, I I say this all the time and I can't stress it enough that we're really doing our date a favor when we can speak up for what we need because they don't know. And they can pick up without even knowing they're picking it up if you're not comfortable or if you're not happy with something. And then it's just going to feel weird. Whereas if you can kind of vocalize, this is what I need to feel comfortable. They're like, great. I did what she said. I know she feels comfortable. I know that there's not something she's secretly thinking that I'm going to find out later or that I messed up and I'm not going to get another date. You know what I mean? Right. So I wonder... It sounds like you're a little more comfortable going for a drink than you used to be. But if it still makes you nervous or in any way makes you not want to go on a date or not open up that door again, tell people you want to get a coffee or go for a walk or get a smoothie or whatever. Or go to a, I had a non-drinking person on the show who goes to a diner on her first date so that they can get a drink if they want. She can get a coffee or a piece of pie or whatever. Or if you decided you wanted a drink, you felt comfortable enough, then it's there for the taking, you know, but it's not like setting up where in this bar and I'm expected to get a drink mm-hmm. because then it goes back to being on someone else's terms. And that's yeah. what we're trying not to do. Yeah. You know, like I tell most people to be more flexible and on other people's terms. And with you, I'm like, <laughs> let's really work on building up your comfort level, you know, and your strength and whatever you need to do that is what you should do. So whatever it is, if it's like, hey, can we meet uh, at this bar that I always go to because I'm totally comfortable there? Or, and you don't ever have to explain to someone why, you know? 
You never have to give a justification for why you don't want to drink or why you don't want to sleep with them or why you don't want to ride in a car with them or whatever. You never have to explain that. Anyone who would make you explain that is not the right person for you. Right. Is not a supportive dad. <laughs> can you tell me more about these horny boards? What was the... Oh so like, God. what can you break it down like slide by slide? Like what... Was it just like slides of different guys you find attractive or was there also like a personality breakdown moment? It's... So it's really just one slide. It's like a collage, really. I just use PowerPoint because that was the tool available to me. Yes. And it's just so interesting seeing everyone and also the wildly like I have a friend who's into Biff from Back to the Future but also into hot rugby players like the duality of man it's so true (laughs) we're so yes um I think this is like my celebrity crushes are like The Rock and then like Nathan for you I love it. You know, Ooh, it's like, those, it's like one it. of the two. Which one are you? The skinny, funny Jewish guy or the big, beefy muscle man? I think I found someone in between. Totally. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. How would you feel about um, like sending me your slides? Oh I want to kind of put them on our Instagram. Oh my God. It would be my honor. Just what inspire people. A little inspiration. Everyone should do it. Horny it's, boards. And I love this. It's a team building activity. And it's team building. It's vision building. <laughs> it's vision boarding. It's getting really clear on your vision. This actually reminds me of an exercise that I learned recently from like a life coach person. And I thought it was kind of cheesy. But I feel like there's a less cheesy version for you, which is I would like... If every night when you go to bed, you could think about your dad, not your dad. Okay, I was like, oh no. Your supportive dad character, your supportive dad type who gives you space. Uh-huh. And just like, not just like thinking about him and how dreamy he is, but thinking about what it would feel like to be with him. Like a Sunday morning. And I would like it if before bed, because there is science proving that when we like create these visualizations, these chemicals in our body, we do then act them out later. So I want you to like get real specific on your vision of like a Sunday morning with this guy and how safe and comfortable and cozy. But then like after you eat your eggs, he looks at you like he wants to devour you and then who knows what happens. And then if you could just like maybe for a week straight. Okay. Before bed, lying in bed, just like let it wash over you Sunday morning with the support of dad who gives you space. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of need a different name for him. (laughs) And what that would feel like and what that would look like. And like really tune into those feelings and allow yourself to feel. Because I have a feeling it's going to be like very warm and comforting. And it's going to give you like a physical sensation that I just want you to fall asleep feeling. That's beautiful. I think that would be really nice. I hope it's not too cheesy. I'm generally not into cheesy things. (laughs) I think, you know, dating probably has a little bit of like a dark cloud around it for you or like a scary feeling or a cold feeling of inhumanness and powerlessness. And I want you to just be able to like create those warm, fuzzy feelings on your own terms. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Sunday morning. What's his name? What should his name be? (laughs) I think we need to come up with a name for him. But it maybe shouldn't be like a normal human name. Right. It you know? shouldn't be an actual name. It shouldn't person. be an actual name because then like <laughs> that might prevent you and then you might only meet people with that name. Like we need yeah. we need something maybe other than supportive dad. Although if uh-huh. that does it for you, I mean I mean my first thought was like Stanley Tucci and Easy A. Great. Yeah. Into it. Yes. <laughs> Stan- who doesn't love Stanley Tucci? The I Tucci. Mean, come yeah. on, the Tucci. The Tucci. <laughs> Whatever it is, I want you to be able to picture. Don't worry so much about picturing exactly what he looks like because we don't know. But I would picture exactly how it makes you feel and then like recognize those places in your body. And then I'm totally making this up on the spot. So I hope it's not stupid. But then when you start going on dates, like kind of channel that feeling when you're going on the date because dating can be nerve-wracking and it can really help to kind of get yourself into the right physical and emotional space before you go on the date and I imagine if you're going on these dates a little bit withdrawn or scared you're not gonna have a good time you know and I want you to go in like already kind of giggly and warm and fuzzy from Stanley (laughs) 
on the douche. So what can what kind of plan can we make for you to get back on dates? What would you be comfortable with? So I'm afraid of apps and online dating because you just like unless you have mutual friends in common, you just don't know. Like my ideal dating app would have like three recommendations from platonic female friends. Yeah, I like, like this. But I don't know. It just, and also I'm bad at the talking part on apps. I don't believe it. You're so clever. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Clever, girl. <laughs> I'm like a British grandma. Um, I love it. I, yeah, I feel like you would be great at the talking oh, part. Okay, maybe, I don't know. I guess like I'll ask like a weird question and he'll be like, lol, what's up? No. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know what to say to that. I really want to encourage you to not be shy and not in the like, don't be shy way. But like, if you're having a thought to speak it and not feel like you have to perform a certain way or like keep yourself contained in a certain way for someone else. So if you like ask a funny question, and a guy's like, lol, what's up? You can be like, is that the answer to my question? <laughs> I thought I was pretty clear. Like, I think you can be a little bitchier is the wrong word, but a little, you know, yeah. but a little bit more like attitude. Like you're such a sweetheart. You're such a like sweet love muffin <laughs> that you're like never actually going to be a difficult person. But I think you could be a little because I, I want you to take the power and the control back. You know, I want you to feel more confident and better and like it's on your terms. So I want you to feel like you can call someone out if they're an idiot. Yeah. Or if they suggest something that doesn't make you comfortable, you can be like, no, but this would make me really comfortable. This is what I prefer. This is how I feel better. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I just, like it. I want you to kind of. The sense I get when I'm talking to you sometimes is that you have this built-in filter a little. Like, you're just always like, I want to be nice and say the right thing. And, like, I just think you're so much more interesting than that. And, like, you have so much to offer that, like, it's – I'm sure that part comes out with your close friends because you're comfortable. But I want to encourage you to, like, be that way on dates too and, like, take that – filter off a little bit and just be like be real you know be the girl who came up with the idea for the horny boards I mean that's amazing (laughs) like just say whatever you feel you know I find on dates it really disarms people if you just say whatever the hell you're thinking even if it has nothing to do with them or the situation you're just like no filter running your mouth some people are going to think you're weird you don't need them And other people are going to find you super charming and disarming. So what's another way, if you don't want to go on the apps, Mm -hmm. can you think of another way you'd be comfortable? I mean, I feel like if I had friends who wanted me, who wanted to set me up on blind dates, that they would have done it already. Not necessarily. Do you tell them that you would want to? No. Well, that's That's, step one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you're not putting it out there that you're looking to date, people aren't going to push you, especially if they know a little bit about your history. They're not going to push you. So you kind of have to be the one in a non, because I can see you doing this where you're like, uh, uh, I think maybe, uh, I don't know, but if you want to, but I don't know. But I think you should be like, hey, I'm thinking about trying to date again. If you know anyone, like, I'd be fine going on a date with them. Don't even worry about if we'd be a good match or not. Just set me up. I feel like I need to like break the seal, you know? Yeah. Like it could just be that. But I think, I do think you have to tell people. That, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, because your friends know you and they're not going to try and put you in a situation where you're not going to be happy. Yeah. You know, and they're not going to try and pressure you. But I will say that a lot of times when you tell people to set you up, they get all weird about like, well, I don't want to set you up with someone you don't like. And you just kind of have to be like, don't worry about that. Like, I just need to go on more dates. I'll go on a date with whoever you want me to. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. And tell them that that's what you want. Yeah. Can you do that? I can. I think you can do that. Okay, that's one assignment. Mm -hmm. The other assignment is the nighttime visualization. Do it for a week uh-huh. every night before you go to bed. How it would make you feel, where in your body you feel it, what the sensation is like, and how you could potentially tap into that before a date, I think would be great. And then other ways that you would want to meet people in your ideal world. I mean, it would be so great to just meet someone like in life 
Yeah, wouldn't it? But yeah, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> but I don't know how people do that now. Well, or if people they do, do that, it? people okay. do that. I do think you, as I've said, come across a little protected. Like you come across a little just like the shy girl or like the nice girl who's like not going to talk to strangers, you know? So that would be a little bit on you, I think, which can be terrifying. But that might be you approaching someone. That might be like you taking it upon yourself at your birthday or if you go to like an outdoor movie or something of having your phone number on you and going up to some guy and just swallowing your pride and being like, hey, I think you're really cute. Let me know if you'd like to get coffee sometime. And then hand him your number and walk away. Wow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) I think, I mean, I think you can do it. And I think you don't know how much someone would love that. Okay. And it's very scary. And sometimes they'll be like, oh, I have a girlfriend. Or like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, thanks. And then you just have to be like, okay, bye. Like, it's good (laughs) to do it on the way out of a place. smart. Yeah, when you're already on your way out, you just do it and run. <laughs> One of my actual, my shyest client, uh-huh. my most introverted shyest client has become such a pro at this. Wow. Yeah, she loves it because it's not, I think she doesn't like feel like it's really her. <laughs> like she's like, she's like, it's a homework assignment. I have to do it. So she just does it. Right. And right. now it's becoming more and more easy for her. Yeah. And she sometimes gets dates out of it, sometimes doesn't. But I think it actually really empowers her. Like it makes her feel powerful, you know? And she's kind of similar to you in the just like doing things on other people's terms, not wanting to be too big or too loud. And I think it really allows her to feel like she has some control and some power. Yeah. You don't need to wait for someone to come ask you for your number. How are they going to know, you know? So you can go after someone, and it's pretty hot to be that confident. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're an amazing person. Like, you're going to karaoke for your birthday. Like, you're not, you're shy, but you're not actually I'm reserved. Shy. You're reserved. I'm not shy. Yeah, you're not shy. So I would say your birthday would be a good time if you feel safe and comfortable, always. Um, not if you're like, I'm going to drink a lot. I don't really want to talk to strangers. That's totally understandable. But it might be good. Do you ever go to, like, coffee shops to write or I should you should do you write at home yeah why don't you try going to a coffee shop even you know I remember when I was younger I went through this phase where I gave my number all the time to guys who were working at places like the video Uh rental place and the coffee shop and I talked to my therapist about it and she was like I think you find something safe about men behind a counter because they can't like do anything and they're like stuck in this place so I don't know if they felt harassed by me but I felt great yeah one of them I dated for like three months it was a guy from a coffee shop Oh. Problem is, he always smelled like the coffee shop, and it wasn't in a bad cute. way. In a bad way, Oof. like food, like that food oh, smell. God. You know, Oof. It, it wasn't great. But what if we tried that? Okay. What if it was guys behind counters or like bar? Not maybe not bartenders. They're too smooth. But like yeah. at a coffee shop, at a bookstore, at a vintage clothing store, at any of the weird, quirky activities that you do. There's got to be some guy who works there who can't do anything. <laughs> Basically a sitting duck. And you can go up and take advantage. Yeah. I want you to feel in control. I kind of want you, as much as I encourage, like, the masculine feminine energy and the pursuer and the da-da-da, I think because we can deal with that later. If we find that you're attracting too many guys who are passive, then we'd want to talk about how to shift that. But for now, I have no problem with you being the pursuer because that puts you in the driver's seat. Right. You know? So I think, okay, so we're collecting assignments. Visualization. I, <laughs> I know you like homework. Um, <laughs> visualization. What was the other one I said? Uh, visualization. Uh, just like drive-by numbers. Oh, drive-by numbers. And telling friends. And telling friends. Yeah. Yes. Drive-by numbers, which can be done, which is mixed with the counter men. Yes. The men behind the counter. <laughs> we like them. Or, you know, just kind of the unsuspecting person the guy who's not the life of the party you know maybe like go give your number to him or the life of the party I don't really care I just want you (laughs) to get 
out there and to get comfortable and to feel like you have some control. And then I don't know if you want to try the apps again. What do you think? Uh, Not going to force it. I'm just not feeling it right now. Yeah. That's totally fine. And I think that's the other thing is maybe if you're not going to do the apps, Mm -hmm. maybe you should delete them. I'm going to delete them. I think you should delete them. They're just taking up space. Yeah. They're taking up space. They're making you feel guilty and making, and they have all these old pictures of you in black sweaters. (laughs) (laughs) I did like your actual profiles. I really liked all your specifics. I could definitely, you know, tell the writer there because you're like chicken tenders, which I immediately, viscerally, (laughs) I was like, I know this girl and I know chicken tenders and I want to hang out with her and eat them. Oh, yeah. So if you ever want to do that, just let me know. I love a chicken tender. (laughs) So those were great. The only thing I saw in there for when you're ready to go back to the apps was you said something like, I want a guy who's confident but not arrogant. (laughs) I just always stay away from generalizations like that because literally no guy is like, oh, well, I'm arrogant. So never mind. (laughs) (laughs) So what it's telegraphing is just like, this is how I've been hurt before. Right. Or like, I I think all guys are arrogant deep down. When you say on an app, know this. Yeah. I don't want this. You're telegraphing what you're already expecting from the person and what you may project onto them. Got it. So, and plus it's just not specific. It doesn't help. Like chicken tenders, great. (laughs) Confident but not arrogant, we don't know what that means. And everyone feels they are that thing. Like when you're like warm-hearted, loyal, and kind. It's like, (laughs) yeah, I am. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, what? You're going to go on the date and they're going to be an asshole and they're going to be like, but you said you were warm-hearted, loyal, and kind. What are you doing? You know? So just don't waste your time with those kind of broader adjectives. In general, I never was one for putting what you're looking for. Because again, like I just don't think, I think I did like when you said someone who could share a cheese plate. Because to me, that communicates warm, nurturing, generous, kind, into food, Mm-hmm. has a sense of humor. Like when you say someone who can share a cheese plate, that accomplishes so much more than saying someone kind, generous, loyal, and thoughtful. <laughs> you know, a family man, family oriented, <laughs> looking for something real. Like the che- will share a cheese plate. That's mm-hmm. all I need to know about what you're looking for. Maximum. I never was into that because I'm just like, you'll, you'll, the person that you're looking for is going to reveal themselves over time. They're not... It's not going to be like, oh, yay, I check all your boxes. Let's, you know, you have to go on the date. You have to get to know them. So don't waste time trying to describe them on there. Describe them in your head for your nighttime visualizations. Mm -hmm. So for now, let's delete the apps entirely. Um, You now have your screenshots you sent me. So if you decide to reinstall them, you can still use some of that language that I like with all new pictures. (laughs) If you get to a point where you want to reinstall them, feel free to send me your pictures and I will take a look. But I think... Also, because I don't want you to have another thing that makes you feel guilty or makes Mm -hmm. you feel like you're not doing things right. And like having these apps on your phone that you're not using, you probably look at them and you're like, oh God, dating, I don't want to do that again. Oh God, oh God. Or like, I should. And I I don't like that feeling. So just get rid of them. So you can be like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to meet people in real life. And that means I'm going to have to be a little more open, a little more outgoing, a little more aggressive, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Okay. I'm going to assign you giving out your phone number. I want to say once a week, but I don't want to overwhelm you. (laughs) Maybe once every other week. I love it. Okay. Once every two weeks, you're going to give out your phone number. Even if it's just like a guy that you're like, that would be a friend. Like that seems like a nice, fun guy. I just want you to feel like you have a little bit of control. And then I want you to do the visualization and I want you to tell your friends to set you up. And that means if you go to a party or something and you talk to a cute guy, but you don't give him your number, you get nervous or you meet a friend of a friend and you don't, that you ask your friends afterwards. Yeah. Because that'll also help them continue to think of you that way. So you say, I was talking to this cute guy. Do you know anything about him? Is he single? Do you think you could connect us? That's how you're going to meet people in real life is you still, it is a level of putting yourself out there. It's not like you're going to turn a corner and bump into each other and (laughs) spill your books everywhere. That would be great. But, and that's also more likely to happen if you are being present in the world in that way and like looking for connections. You know what I mean? And not just being like, I'm hiding in my closet. (laughs) (laughs) But one day at a time. Yeah. One day at a time. Delete the apps. Mm -hmm. 
one number give out every two weeks, Mm -hmm. telling your friends, asking your friends about other people, nighttime visualization of Stanley Tucci. (laughs) And I think that's good for now. I think that's... How does that feel? That feels... I was so scared going into this of just like... I don't know. That all feels very doable and healthy. Right. Because I feel like that's the place you are in your life right now. Yeah. It's like you went to one extreme, you went to the other extreme, and now you can slowly be like, I'm going to do this in a way that is like a sustainable lifestyle of balance. Mm-hmm. It's not like binging on the apps, which some people do, and then delete them, and then it's just like slowly letting the world know mm-hmm. that you are a sensual... <laughs> Spicy, sweet woman looking for a man who wants to devour her. So much food. I know, no, I like it. I'm a big fan of the food references. I want in the next month somehow for you to go on one date. Okay. One date. Okay. However that can happen. Okay. I think you can do it. And I want on that date for you to feel totally free to say everything on your mind and Mm -hmm. everything that would make you comfortable okay and not hold back and not censor yourself okay and i'm gonna keep my eyes out for a nice stanley tucci for you god thank you do you have any other questions thoughts comments concerns before we go oh um no you you fucking covered it (laughs) (laughs) you mean i talked to you for an hour (laughs) Great. Uh, we're going to feature you on our single crush Saturday because you said I could. Yeah. You look so terrified. Well, no, it's like now I'm like, ah, pictures. Oh, yeah, pictures. Well, I can just pick some from your Instagram. Okay. That, also, great. I'm going to feature it. your horny board because I yes. think it's inspirational. Oh, yeah. I mean, someone should came it. up with that. You're a gift to humanity. <laughs> just know that. This is... I mean, it's going to be, it's just <laughs> amazing. Um, so I'm going to feature you on Single Crush Saturday. What's your Instagram? Steph Riggs? Yeah, Steph underscore Riggs. Steph underscore Riggs, which is R-I-G-G-S. Yeah. And um, you're fantastic. Never dye your hair again or I will come for you. <laughs> I will. Are you going to dye it when it gets gray? I don't know, because, like, the only other person in my family with it was my granny Pansy, and she dyed it, like, insane Alabama old tiny dyes where it was like bright red but green and cool. I just don't even know what it's gonna I do. hear that redheads go white but I don't know if it's a wives tale I have vowed never <laughs> to dye my hair so mm-hmm. I'm planning on just going with right it, but we'll see what happens we'll, see. we'll check back yeah. in about that that's what this podcast <laughs> is really about is redheads and our choices um thank you so much for joining me you have been so wonderfully open And you should feel really good about where you are right now. If you want to come back in like a few months when I can step up your assignments a little Mm -hmm. or just check in and tell us how it goes. But I know people who know you and they're going to tell me if you're on task or not. (laughs) Secret police. So get to it. And we'll just see how it goes. And just keep checking in with yourself and being like happy and comfortable and making yourself comfortable and telling other people what they can do to make you comfortable. That sounds great. Thank you. Thank you, Steph. Just the tip, a dating tip. I think you know what this one is going to be. It's going to be to make your own horny board. I love this idea. This is amazing. I think, yes, obviously find everyone you're physically attracted to, but my guess would be that will be a lot of different looking types of people. So focus on the traits that are coming out when you make this board. Maybe do an assignment with your friends like Steph did with her friends. That makes it fun. You have to show it to people. It's not just like you're vision boarding alone in your room. Uh, Make yourself a horny board. Then ask yourself, what are the really important traits there? Like Steph came up with, A dad kind of figure who's supportive and gives her her own space. Those are not things that are particularly picky or hard to find. That's going to be more about the relationship she's going to have with this person. And as I told her, that's something she can build over time. So that person may not start out that way. The relationship may not start out that way. But it's certainly something she can communicate her desire for. So make yourself a horny board. Go wild. And then if you're like Steph and you need a little encouragement or a better headspace to get into before a date... Try the visualization before you go to bed. 
Think of that horny board and the person that you see yourself with. And rather than focusing on what they look like and what they're doing, focus on how it would make you feel to be with them on a casual Sunday morning or a Thursday night or whatever your ideal time is. And pay attention to what that feeling is. Warm, fuzzy, safe, excited, inspired, whatever it is. And then get into that space before you go on a date. So you're not looking for the other person to give it to you. You're existing in that and you can kind of create your own reality. Wow, that got really um, hippy-dippy there, but you know what I mean. Like it's all about visualization and knowing what you want, but not so much in a really specific, picky, uh, superficial way, but more in a feeling way and what you ultimately want to feel. And I think once you know that it's in your power to feel that, you'll be much more open to all different types of people and the different ways they could help you feel that way. If you are interested in coaching privately or coming on the show, email us, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us with questions, notyourtherapistpodcast on Instagram. Rate, review, share this podcast. Uh, tell your friends about it. Thank you to Steph Riggs, who is Steph Riggs on Instagram. Thank you to Christine Bartolucci, social media producer Melissa Gruen, our amazing editor Josiah Thorngate, all of you for listening and making dating fun. Mm-hmm.